We're going to go to chapter 95. Psalms 95. And that's predominantly where I'll be preaching from this morning. I heard a story. A young boy, six years old, who had a strange disease. He was one year old. Doctors found a piece of calcium in his right ventricle of his heart. By the time he was four years old of age, the calcium had nearly encased his heart. It was a growing issue. The boy's tender heart was physically becoming like stone. Doctors came up with a conclusion that the calcification of his heart was the result of several things at one time that caused this strange thing to happen. The little boy passed away three days past his sixth birthday. Tragedy struck that family. His parents were both devastated and grateful at the same time. They were grateful for the courage and the hope which this little boy had inspired them. He never complained the whole time. And any parent who's had a child suffer with anything, it can be amazing sometimes. They might say something about the pain, but they don't do like us adults, right? They don't complain like we can. Last Christmas with their child was tough. Yet they made it as happy a time as they could. It was his attitude, his courage, that helped them through it all. He put a package under the tree for Dad, placed another package there, and it said for Mom. Then he placed a third package there for himself, and the card said on it, From me to me. Just before his passing, Parents talked with him and they said, when it comes time for you to go, you go. You will see Jesus and when you see him, you run to him, we'll be along after a while. That six-year-old child may be the only one who ever made it into heaven with a hard heart. The inference of scripture is that the ones who make it to heaven all do so with a soft heart. Three times the writer of the book of Hebrews across chapters 3 and 4 instructs us, do not harden your hearts. It happens in Hebrews 3 and 8, Hebrews 3.15, and Hebrews 4.7. And each one of them is a quotation from Psalm 95. When Scripture talks about the heart, it is not talking about the heart like in this little six-year-old boy that calcified. It's not talking about the physical heart. It is talking about the seat of who we are as a person. If you want to know what is important to someone, you hang around them a little while, and out of conversation, out of the things you hear them say, you can find out and determine what's important to them and what they value most. What subject comes up repeatedly In their conversation, listening to that, you learn what they value. The heart is mentioned 830 times in Scripture. So we should pay attention to what God has to say about the heart because he mentions it so often. The scriptural heart is far different than the physical heart 
that pumps in our body. The physical heart is about the size of a fist and it weighs just under a pound, about three quarters of a pound. It is a pump that moves blood throughout the body as like a pump that moves water throughout a city. On the other hand, the scriptural heart is the center of who we are as a being, the center of our affections. It's the center that makes us who we are. With the heart, a person loves. With the same heart, a person can hate. Joy can flood a person's heart. That same heart can be overwhelmed with sorrow. The heart can be bitter. The heart can be peaceful. The heart can be sad. The heart can be full of gladness. The heart can be fearful. The heart can be full of courage. The heart thinks, the heart believes, the heart knows, the heart understands, the heart ponders, the heart perceives, the heart imagines, the heart decides. The heart of a person is the person himself or herself. Everyone say the heart. That's the real me. The heart, that's the real me. The heart is really who you are. The heart is a person behind the persona. The heart is the character in back of the charisma. The heart is the face behind the facade. The man or woman behind the mask. That's what the heart is. The heart, the reality, is the reality in back of the reputation. The heart is the value behind the validation. The heart can be soft and warm toward the Lord and toward the things of the Lord. Or the heart can be cold and implacable. It's always been a deep mystery concerning the heart. Why are some hearts hard, some hearts soft? Why do some hearts believe while some hearts doubt? Why are some sensitive and why are some so callous? How is it possible for some folks' heart to become hard as stone? Why is it that some tend to get softer and softer and softer? It ought to be the prayer of each of us today. Lord, help me to keep my heart tender and soft toward your things. The writer of Hebrew tells us multiple times, over and over, of something better. If you go and you read through if the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, you will see that this statement is made, a better, a better, a better. He says there's a better something, a better covenant, a better name, a better blood, a better sacrifice, a better altar, a better tabernacle. Jesus is a better priest. Over and over, he offers what is better in opposed to what was and what is prior to the come of Jesus Christ. The author writes about the mystery of a hard heart, and he quotes Psalm 95 in those three passages that I mentioned. It starts in verse 6. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, pay attention to this part. Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, 
though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts. They do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. In that passage, there are four things. First off, understand he's speaking to Israel in Psalm 95. He is speaking to Israel. The second thing is the rebellion, the reference to the rebellion or the day of rebellion, is when Israel demanded water at Meribah. They demanded that God do something at Meribah for them. The third thing is the day of trial in the wilderness. It was at Massa when Israel grew dissatisfied with God. And the fourth thing is that the result of that was a hardening of their hearts because of their lack of faith. How can anyone grow dissatisfied with God? He said, when your fathers tested me, they tried me. Though they saw my work, how can anyone who sees what God is doing grow dissatisfied with God? How can anyone allow themselves to create between them and God and their heart distance when they see the wonderful works of God and what God is doing? How could anyone have their heart hardened as they stand witness to the work of the Lord? There are only three reasons I can find in Scripture for a hardened heart toward God. The first is this, disobedience, disobedience. The second is an uncaring attitude toward another person. When we don't care for others, our heart grows cold and hard before the Lord. Finally, the subject of this sermon today, the third thing, is unbelief. It is and was their unbelief in the wilderness that caused their hearts to grow hard and calloused. It is so imperative that our hearts be soft before the Lord. And the responsibility to maintaining a heart, a heart of softness comes upon us, not upon anyone else. Three times the writer of Hebrews referenced verse 8 of Psalm 95, do not harden your hearts. That means that as an individual, as a person, I have the ability to harden my heart. I can allow my heart to grow hard. The individual is the one responsible for keeping a soft heart. The individual has the ability to keep it soft. It is not age that causes a heart to become hard. It is not the slings and arrows or attacks that cause a heart to become hard. It's not the enemy constantly attacking you that allows the heart to become hard or causes it. It is not the difficulties of life or the ebb and flow of things that go on. It's not what causes our heart our heart to become hardened. It is not the trouble that comes our way. That does not bring a hard heart. What causes a heart to become hard is disobedience and unbelief. The mystery lies in the fact that an individual can allow their heart to become hard toward God. Six times we read of God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Six times. Has anyone ever read that and you think, well, why would God do that? God even says somewhere in Scripture that he did it to use him as an example. And I always thought, man, that's so, so callous and harsh, God, that you would harden Pharaoh's heart. 
Six times it says that. But you know what it says seven times? Seven times it says Pharaoh hardened his own heart. It says Pharaoh was hardening his own heart. So more times than not, we are the ones who harden our own heart. When God hardens a heart, he's just leading a person further into the delusion they have constructed for themselves in the hardening of their heart, the disobedience of their heart. The writer of Hebrews, listen and understand, he is not appealing to pagans. He's not writing to unbelievers. He is describing people who had been delivered from bondage. He's describing people who knew what it was to stand at a Red Sea and walk through on dry ground. He's describing people that knew Jehovah God. They had seen miracles of deliverance. They had eaten the angel's food when it was delivered to them. They had drank water from a rock in the desert place. They were given an oasis in the middle of their journey. These people knew God. They had experienced God. They had witnessed the great things of God, but those same people that God had done so much for hardened their hearts. His warning, the writer is saying, watch out. Watch out. You are in much the same position. Don't let what happened to them happen to you. Don't let what they went through happen in your life. Don't let the hardening of the heart happen in your heart. What happened? What did happen? The children of Israel remembered Egypt. They remembered the Egyptians. And they said they had it better than we had it. I remember back in Egypt. This was better. That was better than this right now. They began to complain that Moses had brought them out into the wilderness to perish and to die. That God had done this to them. God was the reason for their struggle. They didn't remember that it was God who had delivered them and that it was God had brought them to this point and it was God going to take them in to their promise. They could not believe. Our hearts grow hard when we compare ourselves to others. They look back and they said, Egypt, the Egyptians... It was better back then. When we blame our situation on someone else, our heart grows hard. God brought me here to let me die. Moses, it's all his fault. We don't take any responsibility for the journey we're on and what God is doing in our life. And so we harden our heart when God is trying to direct us. Our hearts grow hard when we forget God's goodness. When we stop being grateful, that's when our hearts grow hard. We allow the enemy to paint a drab picture over our lives and the things that God has done. And the softness of our heart begins to leave us. And as it calcifies and hardens within us, we harden our heart when we disobey God and then justify ourselves and our disobedience instead of doing what God calls us to, which is to repent. Six times, God accused the people of being stiff-necked. You may have read that before. In Scripture, several places, he says, you're a stiff-necked people. Naked, naked, not naked. Just so that is clear. My enunciation can be off. Stiff-necked, necked. All right. Stiff-necked means 
and is a Hebrew metaphor for a beast of burden. And this beast of burden has decided on its own to refuse to go on. It's the, it's the caricature of the man trying to drive the mule or drive the donkey, and the donkey just lays down, and it's not going any further. The man, regardless of what he does, trying to pull at the donkey, trying to persuade it to get up and to go on, it just will not. It decides to refuse to go on, so it stiffens and tightens its neck, resisting. Stubborn disobedience becomes the defining characteristic of the animal. A stiff neck or a hard heart resists the divine impulses from God. God issues direction and guidance, but we refuse to follow the path that God wants followed. It's closed, insensitive, and disobedient. That's a hard heart. Jesus gave a parable of a man who had two sons. The man sent them to work in his vineyard. The one said he would go, but he did not go. And the other said he would not go, but then later repented and went. Which one had the hard heart? Which one was hard in heart toward his father and his will? I'll tell you who it was. It was both of them. Both were not willing to do the work. One may have said, I'll do it, but he didn't do it. The other said, I'm not going to do it, although he did repent and went. But one is willing to repent and change course. And that's the only distinction between the two. That is the only answer for hardness of heart. It's repentance. Repentance is more than just asking forgiveness. It is a change in action and activity. And it is far better when the Father asks for you to go that you go and do it with a cheerful heart. It is better to do the will of God in the first place instead of resisting Him and do it cheerfully and from the heart. So what is the secret to maintaining a soft heart? What is the secret to keeping our heart soft before God? Our hearts grow soft when we listen the voice of God. Listen to what he said. He said, today, verse 7, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. God is speaking. And when God speaks and draws and tries to direct and give us guidance and his word speaks to us, our response should be that we hear and we obey that's what the response should be. And that, that response softens our heart to what God is trying to do. Hear him when he says in Matthew 5, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's hard, that's difficult, but he's given direction. John 14, 15, if you love me, Keep my commandments. You know what the measure of faith is? It's not just saying, I'm believing, but it's taking action. It's applying things into your life that are uncomfortable, that don't make sense to you. Even if you don't understand it, you just do it because the word of God says it. Hear him when he says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Hear him when he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Matthew 24, 42, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. He said to watch. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. Listen, if you want to maintain a soft heart before God, you have got to surrender to his will. That's the only way to maintain a soft heart. And the moment that we begin to resist and push back against what God wants in our life, that is the moment that softness begins to leave our heart and it begins to become hard. Why would anyone allow their hearts to be hard? Why, why in the world, when they can exchange it for a soft one, when at any time, any moment, you can surrender to a soft heart and surrender to the things that God wants to do in your life and the promises that he has for you, why would anyone allow bitterness and guile to develop in their heart and allow things to draw wedges between them and people they love and God that they love? Why would anyone allow their heart to be hardened? You hear his voice. Do not Harden your heart. It's within your control. I don't know what's happened in your life. I, I, I'm constantly amazed when I talk with people and I learn things of their history and I love hearing people's history. I love hearing about the things that they've experienced in life, good and bad. I don't celebrate the bad things that happen. But it's a piece of the story. It helps me understand people. Hear those things. And it's always perplexed me. I'll hear of people going through similar things. One, it pushes them in a way you think it pushes them away from God. And another, they seem to get closer to God be very similar experience almost the same identical experience in life it's always perplexed me why Lord why why does this one over here get so cold and callous and why does this one over here seem to be grateful for the trial condition of the heart because your heart is doing one or two things your heart is either getting softer toward God or your heart is getting harder. There's no real middle ground. Studying this week, reading about the wheat, the parable of sowing the wheat and the tares together. And the wheat, my study, I, I learned something I'd never known before. Wheat, whenever it grows and becomes mature, it actually starts to die. 
as the fruit develops on the head of the wheat and it begins to bow over the stalk and the roots and everything below it start dying and oftentimes we are compared to wheat we're a harvest for God souls are a harvest for God as the wheat stretches up toward heaven begins to develop it loses its connection with the earth the place that had its roots in begin to die you know what that is that's a picture of a heart toward God it's a picture of someone that is developing the fruit of the spirit in their life and their life is being changed in so many ways God is doing miraculous wonderful things and let me tell you the greatest miracle God does in your life it's not going to be the financial blessing he gives you it's not going to be the miracle of a healing that he gives you it's going to be the deep internal things the hidden things that no one else knows about Those are the greatest miracles of God. God working on parts of our life that no one else could ever touch. Only he can touch. But as our heart grows softer to God, as we get closer, we have more desire for the things of God. And that hardness of heart falls away and disappears. We lose the connection to this world. And I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be connected to this world. I want to be connected to God. I want to be connected to eternal things. I want to grow in the Lord, and I want to get closer to Him. Lord, help us to have a soft heart toward you that when we hear your voice and you speak in our life, that we respond and that we're obedient. God, don't let our testimony and witness be that we walk through the wilderness that we saw miracles that there were great things that you did and we witnessed your works but our hearts were hardened what a tragedy what a tragedy I'm preaching to someone today I'm encouraging you maybe something has been going on in your life that just kind of starting to get a little hard toward the Lord, hard toward the Word of God, and hard toward someone around you. I want to encourage you. You have the power within you. God has given you the ability to soften your heart. And I'll tell you where it starts. It starts in repentance. Repentance is more than just saying, God, forgive me. It's way more than that. Repentance is taking action. It's changing the way that you walk, the way that you talk. It is moving away from the things. It's completely surrendering and submitting. It's more than just saying, well, I agree with you, I was wrong. It's more than that. We we find that part easy, but it's the action of changing because a real repentant heart changes. It changes. In the book of Acts, Peter instructs them. He says, show works for repentance. Uses the word meat. Show works for repentance. Repentance is more than just forgive me, God. And that's when your heart begins to soften 
become pliable in the hands of God. And he can do the deep things. That's what's amazing about God. I'm getting ready to end. You can stand with me. The amazing thing about God is whenever we do that, whenever we soften our heart toward God, that's when God begins to deeply work in our life. The places, the hidden places, the things that had been personal, personal things that we could not get over, that we could not let go of, that we could not forgive someone else of, that we just, it was not in our power to change. God begins to do only the work that he can do, to do surgery, spiritual surgery, and he begins to change that hard part in our heart that hard part in our emotions in the seat of us as people that we thought was completely dead and could never be changed God starts to work on it and he brings life to it and he brings newness to it and all of a sudden we find you know that person that we had something so against we don't even think that way about them anymore we start to feel like, oh, I actually love that person. I have a different feeling toward that person when their name is mentioned. You know where it starts? With a soft heart. With a soft heart. God, help us to have soft hearts toward you. Soft hearts toward your word. Soft hearts toward your will for our life. God, help us to surrender to your guiding hand and your plan. God, help us to walk trusting you, believing, believing that you will do exactly what you said you would do. And Lord, when we don't believe, help our belief. Strengthen us to surrender to you. Amen. 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 Church family, I wonder if we could gather together in the front, take a moment to seek the presence of the Lord and pray. Give him an opportunity. Maybe right now you, you want to soften your heart toward God. Or maybe you just want to pray, God, help me not to be hard-hearted toward you. I do want your promises. I do want everything that your will is for my life. But I, I have to have a soft heart. Help me, God. Help me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.